Good morning, Hope Church. And I want to say particularly to all you fathers, have a happy Father's Day. And I'm saying that as someone who is a father and a grandfather. And I know that uh, that is a joy and there's many blessings, but it's also sometimes quite a responsibility and it has some weight to it, the role of being a father. So I just want to spend a few moments praying for all the fathers listening this morning. So if you're ready just to receive a blessing from God, let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, Father of all fathers, I want to thank you for every father listening to this today. And I want to pray, Lord, that you would give every one of them the wisdom they need, the patience they need, the strength they need to be the best possible father towards their children and in their situation. I ask you, Heavenly Father, bless them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what I'm going to talk about today has a little link here in my mind anyway, because I am a bit of a spiritual father. I've been around for a while and I've uh, been a Christian leader for probably over 40 years. So what I'm saying today is rooted a bit in the experience as well as the word of God. So it, I hope you'll receive it in that way as a sort of fatherly word or there's that element to it. So I trust that God will speak to you and bless you out of what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna to talk about the next in our series, The Spirit-Filled Church. And the title is God Speaks Today. And I think that's exciting. I think it's real. I can say from personal experience, God does speak today. He speaks to us in many ways. And I'll be touching on those as we go through this morning. He will speak to you and he will speak through you to others. We're going to use a few scriptures in 1 Corinthians 14 to set the scene as we get into this. And this is an interesting chapter which talks about a lot about speech, it talks particularly about prophecy and the gift of tongues. But we're going to focus on prophecy. But I would like to give you a few verses. They'll come up because it's a little bit skipping through the chapter. So we'll start off with the first five verses. Paul writes, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Then later in the chapter, he's writing about prophecy in the church. If an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their heart are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. He goes on with more instructions. Two or three prophets should speak. The others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn that everyone might be instructed and encouraged. The spirit of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. And finally, at the end of the chapter, therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Well, there's quite a lot on prophecy. And I think we're going to learn quite a bit from that this morning. I want to speak to you with three points, three headings. I want to talk about God speaks, God speaks today, 
God speaks to you. So we're going to start off with God speaks. The one true living God is a God who speaks. And I think we need to realise if God made us and we can speak and we can communicate, it is obviously logically true that he must be a God who can communicate and speak. It is not difficult for him to show us things, to reveal things to us, but also to communicate clearly with us. He understands words. He is a speaking God. When you read through the Bible, there's a lot about God speaking. Genesis 1, creation. It's all about God speaking. Let there be, and things were created. Then you find God speaking to Adam and Eve, to Noah, to Abraham, and he doesn't stop all through the Bible. And then prophets thunder out messages to the Old Testament people of God, Israel, and they usually start with, thus says the Lord. Basically, this is God speaking to you. In Hebrews, in the New Testament, verses uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, God has spoken in many and various ways in the past. But then it adds, but in these last days, he has spoken powerfully through his son, Jesus Christ. So God not only continues to speak, but it's almost he's ramped it up, if you like, as we come into the New Testament, the New Covenant. And we can observe that. We see in, in Acts on the day of Pentecost that a, a big feature of what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on people is they speak out. They speak out truths about God. They're bold in their preaching. They speak in tongues. They prophesy. And it, it's all modelled all through Acts. You'll find all sorts of people prophesying. We begin to find people uh, prophesying who, who we wouldn't perhaps have anticipated. We, we might have expected it from the, the 12 who were with Jesus and the leading figures, but you'll find other people named, people who, like Agabus, who, who, who's he? But he's a prophet, and others as well. And even some who are not named, men and women, are shown prophesying and bringing prophetic words throughout the New Testament. And there's a lot of teaching on prophecy. We've just read some in 1 Corinthians 14. It's there because we need it because prophecy is happening in our day and age. And in the last book of the Bible, Revelation, we read this, Revelation 2, verse 7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The Spirit is still speaking to the churches. God's Spirit is still speaking to the churches throughout our time, the church age. Actually, when we look carefully at the Bible, right through, if God is not speaking or apparently not speaking, that's usually a bad sign. There's one very clear example, 1 Samuel chapter 3, when, when Israel was in a terrible state of decline. And it says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Now, actually, I don't think God stops speaking. It's more like we stop hearing and people become sinful or selfish or rebellious and their ears aren't tuned to God because sin does that. It makes us deaf to God. It, 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 tend, it tends to turn us away from God, our rebellion, the things we do wrong. We turn our back on God and we no longer hear him. We become, in a way, spiritually deaf. But through God's mercy, there is always an opportunity to turn back to him. There was in the days that I've referred to in 1 Samuel. But there is for us. You may be a person who feels like, I don't think God speaks to me. Now, you may feel that because you're not sure you even know him. Or you may, as a follower of Jesus feel it can I encourage you gently and lovingly think about am I listening am I really seeking God am I saying speak Lord 
because your servant is listening, which is basically what Samuel says in that passage I read or referred to. Are you open hearted to it? Are you saying, Lord, I, I believe you do speak. I want to hear you because that's the real key issue. In a sense, repentance and faith are fundamental to so much of the Christian life. They, they, they're how we start. We start to get back to God, to know God by turning. That's what repentance means. Turning from our current way of life, maybe very self-centered, maybe not bothering with God, not listening to him. And we turn around and say, God, I, I want to know you. I want to find you. I want to come back to you. That's a great start. And then there's a faith element, which is, God, I believe in you. and I, I believe you, you speak and I want to hear you. And you can focus that if you're, if you're not yet a Christian, you could focus that more precisely through faith in Jesus, because that's how it all starts. We, we, we put our faith in Jesus, who is the way back to God. He's the way to the Father. And he's opened a door for us to, to come back and know God as our Father. So you say, Lord, I'm sorry for my rebellion and foolishness and whatever way you put it in your own words. Lord, please, I want to come back to you. Thank you, Jesus, that you've made a way. I want to come through you to the Father. And I believe you will begin to hear God speak to you as your heart opens. God is eager to speak. The problem is nearly always on our side if we're not hearing him. I have no doubt at all that God has created us for a two-way relationship with himself. And God loves speaking to his children. In fact, in another way, the Bible makes a, quite a point that false gods and idols are dumb. <laughs> now, you could, if you know your Bible, you can pick this up. Old and New Testament, they're quite often called dumb idols. And that is actually a deliberate contrast, comparison with the living God. The living God is not dumb. He speaks. Idols are dumb. So I really believe God speaks. And I want to move on to say that God is still speaking today. Now, our Bibles are an important element of how God speaks to us. He does speak to us through the Bible. It's a major way God will speak to you. And scripture is complete or closed. The Bible is unique, authoritative record of things God said to people, real people like you and me, in real time. But they're encapsulated. The Holy Spirit's kept them for us because they are the essential bedrock of what God has said to men and women. But God has not stopped speaking directly just because he's written a book. <laughs> the book is very important and we'll see in a moment that it's the, the foundation and the sort of boundary of how we understand what God's saying to us today. But there is a lot more to God speaking to us. And I actually find in the Bible, in the book itself, that my expectation of hearing God speak to me is raised, not lowered. I hope you pick that up from the few verses we read from 1 Corinthians 14, that this very book itself indicates that God will keep speaking to you today. I think it's very clear that the gifts of the Spirit, many of whom are many of which are communicating gifts. So they're like words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecies, evangelism, teaching, they're, and they're discerning what God's saying. Most of the gifts are sort of communicative gifts. Well, I believe they're still for today. I think they're ongoing. And I know the logic of that is why would we have several chapters, in fact, telling us about them and how to exercise them wisely if 
as soon as the book was written, all of that was redundant. I don't think that's very logical. I believe these gifts will continue until Jesus comes back. And I think that's a pretty simple and, in my opinion, quite an obvious point that comes out of 1 Corinthians 13. And if you're interested, you can read 1 Corinthians 13 and particularly verses 9 to 12. And I think it's pretty clear that all the gifts mentioned in the New Testament continue to operate until we see Jesus face to face when he returns and sets up the new heavens and the new earth, a different era altogether. So we're in a time when God speaks and prophecy is a very significant way in which God speaks today. Prophecy is mentioned quite a lot in the New Testament. And again, just to labour slightly the point, I think you wouldn't get so much on it if it wasn't relevant to the whole church age, the age in which we all live. When Jesus is teaching his disciples, he tells them to be receptive to prophets, to welcome prophets. He promises he's going to send them prophets. He actually warns them to beware of false prophets and watch out for false prophets. Now, that's an interesting warning because if Jesus is introducing an era when prophecy stopped, that's a strange thing to warn his followers about. But also, it, 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 it's a little bit of a logical point again. If, if you're warned about something false, there must be the genuine. Uh, and that's evidence that there is genuine prophecy. Now, there's a lot of practical instruction in the New Testament about prophecy. Um, you could uh, read, and I think it's going to come up on the screen, 1 Thessalonians 5 verses, uh, 5, verses 19 to 22. It says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. That's almost just practical wisdom about prophecy. Now, of course, if prophecy wasn't happening, there would be a simpler answer, which is, if you hear any prophecy, ignore it because it's not happening. But that's not the way it says it. And obviously that's not the point being made. We live in an era, era when God does speak very directly to us in many different ways. And prophecy is a significant one of those. So there is, again, no doubt in my mind. And I think if you read the Bible with an open heart and open mind, you'd agree. There's no doubt that we should be expecting to hear sometimes direct words from God. And that prophecy, which we'll again talk about in a little more detail in the last point, is one of those major ways. Clearly the New Testament regards prophecy as the normal part of life in a spirit-filled church. A spirit-filled church will expect to have prophetic words spoken to it and between the members in the church serving one another in that way, rather like we've read in 1 Corinthians 14. So let's move on to the third area. God speaks to you. God speaks. God speaks today. God speaks to you. It's quite exciting. I hope you get something of that as we talk. Now, I must say and emphasise that the main way God speaks to you is still the Bible. That's the main way. But he will speak to you through the Bible. Not just some sort of intellectual exercise, you study it and you understand it like as though you're studying some academic subject. That's not how it is to be. When you read the Bible, read it with an open heart, open mind, prayerfully. Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. And I believe you'll find God does. He does all the time. I mean, honestly, over my many years as a Christian, 
I would say thousands, without exaggeration, thousands of times, God has spoken to me just what I needed to hear from the Bible. It might have been in a difficult time or it might have been in a, a, an exciting but uncertain time or whatever. And, and a passage has just come alive and oh, wow. There are other things when, when I was struggling with something and I wasn't actually looking particularly for a word from God. But as I read the Bible, something really hit me and actually convicted me of sin. And God said, now this is about you. You do that. Now see how the person or the situation is put right and do it. And uh, I, I just like undone by it. To be honest, God all the time, I can't exaggerate that, is speaking to me from the Bible. And it's not just me, you as well. Now, obviously, ideally, you read it. Get a written version on tablet, book, whatever it is, and, and read it and pray. But it's not just reading it. Listen to it. Listen to it being preached. Listen to it being taught. But a, maybe just listen to it. I don't know if you, you know, can get CDs or downloads and just listen to the Bible and let God speak to you out of it. He will. Now, there, there are things to be careful of that you don't just go off at a tangent. You need to be wise and think, am I misusing that and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute because we need just to be balanced with other people's wisdom sometimes that we don't just pick things up to please ourselves sure there are dangers there are dangers in everything in life life's full of risk but in the end God will speak through the Bible to you and I would argue daily um, or nearly daily so please be open to that and give it full attention but the Bible is not the only way God speaks to us. And from my experience, I would quickly list other things. I think God whispers to me in my heart, in my conscience. Now, as you grow as a Christian and as you go on being filled with the Spirit, and you don't have to be altered for this, by the way, but you do have to be serious in your Christian faith. And serious, like we've said all morning, really, serious that you're listening to God. And I think you'll find he speaks to you. And you just get promptings, we sometimes call it, in your heart or, or a little check in your spirit. These are sort of words that I like to use. That's, I don't want to make them jargon, but they're, they're very good descriptive words. A little check in your spirit. Hang on a minute. Should I be doing that? Or a prompting. They're like whispers. And I think you can listen for those. I think God can speak to you through circumstances. I would call it providential circumstances. Not absolutely everything. And you don't run your life by providence. Like, oh, that turned up, so it must be right. It's not as simple as that. But there are things where God, if you're listening and tuned in, will speak to you out of quite small or normal things that just catch your attention. Listen for it. And then I think sometimes you can really find God speaks to you through creation. Honestly, you're out there looking at the beauties of creation or something quite awesome and you feel God's speaking to me. Maybe you turn it to worship or praise. But more specifically, God will also speak to you with what I would call now words, clear communication, graspable communication that you need to hear. Now, it's always all, all of these things are subject to the word of God we've talked about. So, you know, you're not going to feel a prompting in your spirit to go and rob a bank. You're not going to feel that there's a now word that you should divorce your wife and go off another woman. You know, th these things are subject to the basics of God's word. That's the warning and a little bit of negative challenge. But laying that aside, there's so much good positive stuff 
that God is saying to you daily, I do hope and pray you hear his voice more and more. Now, the New Testament teaches us to expect these now words, to expect words that come to us from one another in the body of Christ, one to another, to expect to hear from God. I mean, the words we've read them in 1 Corinthians 14, eagerly desire prophecy, be eager to prophesy. I mean, it's quite exciting. It's basically saying this is something, be on the front foot. And Paul says, I want you all to prophesy. I mean, he's really emphasising this is a tool for building the church. This is a tool for keeping God's people on course. This is a way God will speak to you. So let's briefly say, what is prophecy? Well, here's a a great little definition by Michael Green, a good godly man uh, who wrote lots of commentaries. But this is a very simple and good definition. He wrote, and this is about prophecy, it's a word from the Lord through a member of his body, inspired by his spirit, given to build up the rest of the body. So that's a good definition, in my opinion, of what the Bible's talking about with prophecy. In my words, just a simple little two-liner, which I think will again go up on the screen. Remember, the, the, the Bible is the word of God. A prophecy is a word from God. And that second one is subject to the first one. The word of God is in another class to just the daily word now for you which is a word from God that isn't to despise either but it is to keep them in balance but listen for those words from God that will come for your strengthening for your comfort for your encouragement and even sometimes for your direction yes I do believe God guides us sometimes with prophetic words now we always need to be a little cautious about words that predict the future um I do believe we have words that predict the future. We can see them in the New Testament. Uh, A famine's coming and there's a warning about it. But it's interesting how we're meant to respond to words that might be a bit predictive or a bit directional. I very clearly believe that how we're supposed to respond is to be provoked to faith, to prayer and to action. This is not fortune telling. So if you had a prophetic word over you that you were going to be a church leader, I've heard of people with that quite often. Um, I mean, you just need to weigh it a bit. But if you're happy that it's it's valid, what should your reaction be? Well, it is not to sit around with your arms folded waiting for someone to make you a church leader. Your response to that word should be faith about how you're going to behave how you're going to live you're going to line your life up to the character required of a church leader you maybe do a bit of study to get yourself ready you look for opportunities to serve the church to be uh, available maybe for quite mundane jobs you don't go around with your chest out saying I'm going to be a church leader God's told me please all recognize that it's something for your own personal faith prayer and action with humility and and that's 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 how it works. And actually, technically, I believe you could miss it if you don't treat it seriously. There are prophetic words in the Bible. God told the children of Israel that they were to come out of Egypt to go into the promised land. And that did not happen for the first generation because they blew it. They did not respond in faith and obedience to the word. So there's a sort of conditional element to it. As I said, it is not fortune telling. So let's be clear about that. But it's exciting if we respond the right way. And I would say if prophecy is, which I believe it is, God communicating with us, it will generally be understandable. If it's bizarre and wacky and a complete mystery, 
It may not be wrong, because there's a few things like that in the Bible, but I'd be slightly questioning personally, because God can make clear what he wants to say, and God can be a very clear communicator, though there are mystery elements to it. But what we need is help sometimes to interpret and apply prophetic words. Get it right for us and work out what do I do? And that's where we need each other as well in the body of Christ. That's what it's all about. It's not Lone Ranger stuff. It's not me on my own with my secret little word clinging on to it. I'm going to be a leader one day. I'm not telling anybody else. No, no, no. If you have a word, you share it and other people help you interpret it and apply it. And we need the wisdom of others. We need interpretation and application of prophetic words. And to be honest, the person giving a prophecy and even the person receiving it is not the only person who should be interpreting and applying. You need to ask others who you trust or good friends. In a healthy environment, that will all be a positive way of hearing what God's saying and making sure that it happens in the right way to build up the church. Good, real prophecy never undermines your faith. It never brings you into fear or bondage. Let me be very clear about that. Because we are in an area sometimes where even wrong things can be said. That shouldn't put us in fear, but let's be clear. If it's from God, it will provoke faith. It will not bring fear and bondage. It will not encourage sin, but it will strengthen us. It will comfort us. It will encourage us and it will probably release us and push us forward in the purposes of God. God knows what he's doing. And when God's at work, that's the fruit that we get from his word. Wholesome prophecy will draw us on in our walk with God and will draw us closer to Jesus and will inspire faith. And it's a wonderful, wonderful gift for the church. So the exciting conclusion this morning is that God has not fallen silent. He is still speaking to individuals, to churches, to communities. And he's speaking to you, he's speaking to us, to our church. Now, God is as eager to speak today as in any earlier epoch of human history. In fact, you could argue he's more eager because this new covenant age we're in is characterised by prophecy. When Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost to announce what was happening, he referred to a prophecy by Joel, which was about one of the features of this time is prophecy will be everywhere. And men and women will prophesy, rich and poor, uh, Jew and Gentile, all sorts of people. So this is an era when we can expect to hear even more from God. Yes, we have God's word, which is a unique privilege, actually. But on top of that, we have his spirit moving amongst us and pre speaking to us and leading us together. God will speak to you and he will speak through you to others. This gift is uniquely for the era we are in and particularly for the church to make her strong and to equip her for the job she has. You will have words for each other, but you'll have words for other people who are not yet part of God's family. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, little prophetic insights. Be open to that. Be open to it. Prophecy is for all to be open to. It's very clear in the verses we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 14. We must not trivialise or specialise prophecy, but eagerly desire it and encourage it. Now I'm going to pray as I finish 
and I'm going to pray along three lines quite quickly. I want to pray for some of you who've been listening today who God has already been speaking to you. You feel that God's been speaking to you out of what I said and out of the worship you heard earlier or maybe even some other aspect of online church this morning. I also want to pray for everybody listening that you will hear God in the week ahead. And if you're not yet a Jesus follower, I'm praying for you as well, that God will speak to you in this week ahead. But all of us, I want us to have ears tuned to hear him. And then finally, I want to pray for Hope Church. As we come out of this lockdown, this strange time we're in, and it will be a slow emerging from that, I believe, we need to find our way to the new normal. How are we to operate as a church? How are we to gather again? How are we to use the facilities God's given us? There's a lot of very significant questions which are being thought about, but we want to hear God speak right into us. So I'm going to pray for that as well. So please join me as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a speaking God. Thank you you communicate with us today. And I want to pray, Lord, for all listening to me today who have felt you speaking to them or maybe heard your voice speaking to them in the worship earlier. I pray, Lord, that they will be able to respond in faith to what they've heard. They'll act on it. They'll, they'll follow up on what they feel you're, you're saying to them. And Lord, I want to pray for everybody listening. I pray that you will speak in this week ahead. Specifically, I pray that, Lord, that they will hear you speak to them when they're maybe out and about or when they're reading their Bible or if they're not reading the Bible, that something else will catch their attention and you will speak. And I ask you, Lord, that they will have ears to hear in Jesus' name. And finally, Lord, I pray for us as Hope Church. I pray, Lord, that we will hear you directing us and leading us through the next months and years as we emerge in the current situation in our nation and in our city where, Lord, things are unusual and different, but actually there is an openness and there's an expectancy, I think, that you are at work. And Lord, I pray we will hear you. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Speak into Hope Church. Help us to use this wonderful gift of prophecy to, to find direction, to find encouragement, to find strength and guidance in these days. I ask all this in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.